State Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition the Inside the Valley podcast. My name is Derek Dockett, Associate Commissioner for New Media Technology, and it is once again tournament time here in the Valley as the 2016 MVC Baseball Championship scheduled to begin on May 25th at Bob Warren Field in Terre Haute, Indiana, hosted by Indiana State University. The tournament format, similar to previous years, dividing the eight teams into two pods based on regular season finish, So seeds 1, 4, 5, and 8 will be in bracket A. Seeds 2, 3, 6, and 7 in bracket B. Each four-team bracket will be a double elimination format, and then the winners of each bracket will square off in a one-game championship taking place on the last day of the tournament. Uh, Right now that's set for Saturday, uh, May 28th. Uh, Games are played each day, 9, 12, 30, 4 and 7.30 p.m., uh, all those times Eastern. Uh, that will be each of the first three days, uh, along with uh, two, if necessary, games at 11 and 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, and then the championship game will be Saturday evening, 7 p.m. Uh, top-seeded Dallas Baptist, uh, they won the regular season title, their first since joining the Valley in 2014. The Patriots went 15-5 and five in league play this year. Um, and uh, they've actually won this tournament previously uh, in 2014 when they won the Valley's automatic bid. And that was the last time the tournament was actually played at Bob Warren Field uh, in Terre Haute. Um, DBU will open up the tournament on Wednesday uh, against Illinois State, the number eight seed. Uh, that game will take place at 12.30 Eastern, 11.30 Central. Um, while we had to look at the schedule, the complete schedule for the first day of the tournament, uh, game one will be number four, Southern Illinois, taking on number five, Evansville. That game at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Game two, Dallas Baptist, the top seed, taking on number eight, Illinois State, 1230 Eastern, 1130 Central. Game three, number three seed, Bradley, taking on number six, Wichita State. That game at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central. And game four will be the host and number two seed, Indiana State Sycamores, taking on number seven, the Missouri State Bears, that game taking place at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Central. Um, All games of the tournament will be carried live on the Valley on ESPN3. Uh, You can find it at watchespn.com, the Watch ESPN app, uh, and other numerous other devices such as Apple TV, uh, Roku, Xbox, and more. Um, You can also get inside access by following the Valley on social media all week long. Um, I'll have some uh, pre post game interviews with coaches uh, that we'll uh, do after each game. Uh, you can find that on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on Twitter at NBC Sports, Facebook.com, Missouri Valley Conference, and on Instagram at MVC Sports. All the information on the tournament, including live stats, uh, ESPN3, recaps, and more, you can, of course, find on the Valley's website, the official home of the Missouri Valley Conference, online at mvc-sports.com. The Southern 
Illinois Salukis have been the surprise of the Missouri Valley Conference in baseball this year. Uh, Salukis have won 30 games for the first time in a while. And here to talk more about Saluki baseball, we might hit them with some other things around Saluki athletics as well. Uh, the man who's been in the Saluki broadcast booth for 37 years now, uh, Mr. Mike Reese. Mike, how are things in Carbondale today? Very good, especially in baseball season, Derek. Thank you. It's been a, uh, it's been a surprise for most people. Uh, I think there are enough people within the program, coaches and players, who saw great things coming. But I think even they are surprised that Southern is where it is this late in the, ba- in the baseball season. Absolutely. Uh, very young team last year. Um, everyone knows all about that. And uh, the first thing that sort of struck me, so Shane Dennis and I do uh, our, our Valley Baseball first pitch, our little weekly segment, you know, going around mm-hmm. the news and notes in terms of the league. And you were one of the first people to respond yesterday when we uh, first <laughs> tweeted that because Shane just went all out there and said for his pick, he's saying Hindu, Coach Ken Henderson, his choice for Valley Coach of the Year. Um, what do you think? I, I, obviously, you, you see the team play as much as anybody else. Uh, you 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 know the turnaround. Uh, any is there any chance of arguing uh, Hindu being coaching here in the league this year? Well, I, I don't think so. I suppose if everything went awry for Southern this weekend, uh, the coaches might vote differently. Uh, but that still shouldn't negate what he's done to this point. And uh, you know, certainly when somebody like Shane Dennis um, says what he said on you guys' uh, first pitch segment. Uh, that holds water because there isn't anybody else in the league, uh, media-wise, who follows Valley Baseball closer than Shane does. Yep. And uh, and plus, um, you have to respect his knowledge and ability as well. So uh, that's a that's very striking, and I'm glad he noticed that. Um, not often, you know. I I personally think that uh, a lot of the awards ought to go to the teams that win the league, and Southern's still in the hunt to win the league. Uh, but what Henderson and company have done to rebuild Southern and the risk that he took to rebuild it, Derek, uh, I think is key. Um, he believed uh, two years ago that the only way to fix it at Southern was to blow it up and go with uh, 18 and 19-year-olds who are now 19 and 20. And, um, and so that was risky, uh, especially that late in his career. And um, to get his assistants to buy in on it and to get them to, um, to find the players who can play for Henderson, who prefers a, a blue-collar, old-school player, yet also mold that with the current player, I think speaks highly to Henderson. Uh, it's about who you can coach, not who you wish you can coach. And Ken Henderson has been able to get players that he can coach with great work done by his assistants, the the chief recruiters, and P.J. Finnegan and Ryan Strain. They've been able to put it together. And it's remarkable because it's one thing to be old school. It's another thing to make it work. And so I think Henderson has gotten the right mix. Southern has gone from the ashes to something and, um, and looks like it's on a solid base right now. That was quite a risk Henderson took a couple of years ago. I don't think we can downplay that enough, Derek, yeah. and it's paid off. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's been working out in the Saluki's favor has been pitching. I don't know how many folks know this, but if you look at team stats right now as of today, uh, Southern's ERA, team ERA is 3.48. That's tops in the league. Uh, innings pitch, they've got the most in 457. 
Um, they're leading the league in, in some significant uh, pitching categories, second in saves, uh, and doing a lot of things right. We talked about uh, two of the top pitchers on the staff that the Friday, Saturday starters in that first pitch segment. What do you see every day from these guys on the mound? Uh, what's been effective for the pitching staff? Well, Derek, first of all, you see the same guys every day, and I think that's a huge reason why Southern is succeeding, and I think if you look at the teams that are having good years in the Valley and teams that aren't, the teams that are running the same pitchers out all the time uh, are having the most success, and the teams that have pitchers hurt, especially their one and two starters, are really, really struggling, and they're the ones in the second division. Southern has used five starting pitchers this season. Their top three have answered the bell every game. Michael Baird, Chad Whitmer, <laughs> excuse me, and Joey Marciano have each made 13 starts this week, this season. And so they've had the same guys answer the bell all the time. And their fourth and fifth starters, Bryce Sablotny and Connor McFadden, have not missed their starts either. So you've got the same guys going out there. They've had they had all had excellent off seasons so they've improved and they're to the point where they're a run and a half per game better this is a club whose team era was 614 last year and so because guys have improved because guys haven't missed starts and you combine those starters with a bullpen that has been solid uh through some ups and downs and a closer who's at the top of the league and you have the recipe for what it's what Southern's doing. Southern on the mound has been tremendous, and I think much of what Southern's done this season is due to what it's done on the mound. And as a kind of a subset, the Salukis have been very good defensively, especially up the middle, and they have an offense that's improving and appears to have uh, be hitting strides here at the end of the season. So that's how I think Derek Southern's put it together. When you look at the Salukis' schedule, um... They didn't, they didn't get swept by Dallas Baptist. They did sweep Missouri State. Obviously, Missouri State struggled in conference play. Um, they've managed to take two or three uh, and, and sweep in a lot of different cases. Um, when you go up and down, is there any, uh, any team in the league as we head into the tournament now? We obviously have one more uh, weekend of conference play coming up, but any one team that you think might pose uh, the biggest challenge to the Salukis uh, uh, coming up, depending on how the bracket might play out? Well, you'd have to look at Indiana State, a club that uh, will host the tournament, first of all, and that's the only team that's won a series from Southern this season. And that was back in April, and that was in Carbondale, and Indiana State, like Southern, uh, has had its pitching this season. So on paper, based on results, I think that you'd have to look at them, Indiana State. Having said that, um, with Chad Whitmer and Michael Baird pitching, I think Southern likes its ability to get wins early in the tournament. The tournament's going to be very, very interesting yeah. and um, to a lot of teams, but especially for Southern. Uh, Southern's done all this in the regular season, 30 wins, and um, for the first time since uh, 2011 going into this uh, weekend. And it's been even longer since the Salukis have gotten to 32 wins. And um, 2012, I'm sorry, for 30 wins. 2011 for 11 Missouri Valley Conference wins. Southern's doing things Derek, it hasn't done in four, five, and six years. Okay. And in some cases, 10 years uh, in terms of its wins over Missouri State and, uh, and uh, Wichita State. So now will that continue when the pressure ramps up in postseason as it will uh, in the conference tournament? But when you reference Dallas Baptist, which was the other team that beat Southern this season, mm -hmm. 
and the club that's leading going into the uh, the final weekend of the season. Uh, that was a club that Southern played better against and then finally beat them. Baird shut them out on April 16th, and I think that's when Southern uh, took off. Nobody had ever shut out Dallas in Dallas in the uh, Missouri Valley Conference. They had not been shut out at home since 2012, and Baird did it. And you could see Southern change, Derek, uh, with that victory. Um, they've only lost four times since then and only a couple in Missouri Valley Conference play. Uh, that was Southern's win, first win ever in Dallas. It was Southern's biggest win under Henderson, and it seemed to really galvanize the club. When we look ahead to the tournament, I want you to take Southern and Dallas Baptist out of the mix. Any team you think could be a, uh, an X factor that might uh, intrigue some folks going into the tournament that uh, maybe you know surprise some folks going into that? Well, as good as Southern's been on the mound this season, Derek, and it tops the league, uh, Missouri State scored 22 runs against the Salukis. Now, I would think it seems to me that probably 10 of those runs, maybe 15 of those runs, came when the game was decided. Southern had built big leads on Saturday and Sunday at Springfield. But, man, the Bears can hit. And if they'll have some guys hit some strides on the mound at the start of a game, where they can get to the eighth and ninth innings, Missouri State can, can go from last to first. And I think their ability to hit the ball, they beat Arkansas on Tuesday. And so I think their ability to hit the ball, man, that can start, especially if the weather's hot in Terre Haute. And it's yeah. always hot in Terre Haute, as you know. <laughs> and so, um, no, I think that's a club that you have to look to. But they've had pitching woes. Uh, Wichita's going without their one and their two. And so, um, but it looks like they can hit too. Uh, yet at the same time, Southern offensively was good against them. And so, I would start. I think, giving, given Southern's head-to-head matchups this season, uh, I would say Missouri State's offense is one that Southern and everybody else ought to be uh, ought to be uh, wary of. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one this year. I think. Uh... No one, Missouri State came out in the uh, early part of the schedule, especially in non-conference, uh, just on fire and outstanding. And Jake Berger, I mean, him and, and those guys just have been phenomenal with the bat. So uh, their uh, conference standing sort of caught some folks by surprise. But I guess when you get into the tournament, we all know anything can happen. Um, before we let you go, I got to ask you about uh, basketball. We, uh, obviously, I mentioned you've been around for a while. You've seen uh, – all the ups and the downs in the Salukis. And last year, a, a turnaround in the basketball court for Barry Henson and the team. Uh, sort of a, what's, the, what's the mindset? What's the thought process going into next year? No Anthony Bean, but uh, he's read some stuff about some newcomers coming in and uh, some more size coming in for the team. Yeah, I don't want to minimize, and no one should, losing an all-conference player in the third leading scorer in, in school history. And so you don't minimize Anthony Bean, and it very well could be a season-long issue for the Salukis. Uh, but at the same time, it's about guards, Derek, and Southern got better because it got better guards. Uh, the additions of Rodriguez and Vincent and the development of Smith-Peters were definitely huge for the club to help complement Bean. Southern will certainly be different uh, next season, and it may well struggle because it doesn't have Bean's 20 points per game. Yeah. Again, I don't want to minimize that. And when you look at Southern, it's not obvious right now who replaces that. But I do think that Southern's in better position because it has better guards, that Southern will be an upper division pick in the Missouri Valley Conference, and that's the appropriate next step 
for the Salukis. They took the appropriate step last year. They were picked toward the bottom. They finished. They improved that by some four or five spots. And uh, this coming season, they'll be picked much higher than that, fifth, fourth, probably in that range. Will they continue to develop? Will the guys who are seniors develop even further? And um, I don't think those guys have peaked. I don't think Smith-Peters has peaked. I don't think Rodriguez and Vincent have peaked. I don't think Sean O'Brien has peaked. And so there's more to come for those guys in their final years. And as we've seen in the league, veteran clubs uh, are a handful. And um, I think that's what excites me. Now, the guys that Southern's added are guys that look like they give them some size inside. And so that tells you that Southern's going to be very, very different. And the league's going to be very different yeah. next season. And as, um, as many coaches have said, it's not so much who you are, it's who you're playing. Yeah. And I think the league, to match up next year's Southern's club against last year's league teams, um, is a waste of time. You try to project them against the coming league teams, and I think in the coming season the league is going to look significantly different, and I think that plays in Southern's favor. Voice of the Salukis, Mike Reese, sir, we appreciate your time, and uh, I'll see you in Terre Haute. Looking forward to it, Derek. Thank you. Be there for every crack of the bat, game-saving catch, final out, and the crowning of a champion. Don't miss the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Baseball Championship, May 25th through 28th at Bob Warren Field in Terre Haute, Indiana. Presented by Via Media and the Terre Haute Tribune Star. For tickets, call 812-237-3737. 812-237-3737. Or go sycamores.com. Continuing to preview the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Baseball Championship. Pleased to be joined by the beat writer for the Missouri State Bears from the Springfield Newsletter, Mr. Jim Connell. Jim, how are things in Springfield today? Oh, they're great. Uh, beautiful weather and, uh, you know, sunny and clear, and uh, everybody's uh, seems to be in a good mood. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, get some of that in Terre Haute for the, uh, the baseball championship this week, but we'll see how it goes. The forecast is uh, playing some tricks on us, but uh, not going to get too worried about it just yet. We still got some days to get there, but uh, as we're previewing the, the championship this week, one of the more intriguing teams uh, going into the tournament uh, is Missouri State. Uh, obviously, you've seen them play a, a bulk of the year, if not all of the year. Uh, and they came out in the non-conference, the beginning part of the year, uh, playing very, very well. Uh, I think a lot of people know the story of uh, their offense with Jake Berger and Spencer Johnson. Uh, as of right now, those two uh, tops in the league and Berger second in the country uh, and home runs, uh, 19 trailing the leader from uh, Eastern Kentucky who has 20. But uh, they've sort of, I guess you can look at it right now, they are one of the, they are the hottest team in the league heading to the tournament winners of their last five games in a row. Um, what's been different for the Bears over the last uh, few games coming off of the losing streak now turning things around heading into the conference tournament? I think uh, over the last five games you've got some good, consistent pitching. Um, you know, they, like you mentioned, they started off 25-5. and five best start in program history. And then once the conference started, they, uh, they lost 14 of 18. And that's where their, their pitching consistency really, really went, went away for them. They've, uh, you know, they had Matt Hall and John Harris from last year and, you know, they brought in some new guys and, and things haven't really turned out the way they expected. Uh, you know, I think they've got 
probably two or three number three pitchers, but they really haven't had a guy come up and say, okay, I'm the number one guy and I'm, you know, I'm the Friday starter that you can give the ball to and I'll stop a losing streak. But, uh, but over these last five, they've had, um, you know, five decent starts where they've uh, been able to stay in games and, and, you know, let the offense uh, come around and, and win it for them in the end. Yeah, and offense has obviously been a key for the Bears uh, going away from the pitching. But like I mentioned, Berger and uh, Spencer Johnson being a key in the in the heart of the lineup right there. Uh, when you have seen these guys uh, been approached uh, from the opposition, um, are they still coming at them, uh, the the opposing pitchers, or are they sort of dancing around and, and taking their chances? What's been sort of the opposition's uh, a role going at Berger and Johnson in the lineup lately? It's been it's been depending on the game situation, you know. If, if there's been uh, runners on base and and in a tight game, they really don't have much choice but to come after them. But uh, but you know, yeah, there's still a lot of a lot of guys pitching around them. And even if even if there is somebody on base, they're they're not getting the pitches that they saw, you know, in the early part of the season. And uh, you know, if a pitcher makes a mistake and, and grooves one, uh, they usually make him pay. Missouri State matched up uh, for the first game of the tournament with Indiana State. Uh, the Bears were actually swept by Indiana State the last time when they were in Terre Haute, uh, the uh-huh. end of April. Uh, anything stand out from you? You and that was a, a road matchup, obviously. But when you look, think uh-huh. about that that series, anything that stands out uh, that that caused problems for the Bears against the Sycamores back in late April. Uh, yeah, the, you know, Indiana State, uh, you know, had the pitching working. I think there were three. You know, I think it was uh, seven to six, two to one, and four to two, and that was uh, that was part of that stretch where where there was some you know some offensive uh, you know coming and going with with the Bears, um, but uh, you know they were in all three games and uh, you know had had their chances to win, but uh, but didn't. Uh, weren't able to come up with a key hit at the end and, and uh, had some chances in the late innings and, uh, but wasn't, weren't able to get through it. I think most folks have uh, called Missouri State one of those X-Factor teams. I talked to Mike Reese, the, the voice of Southern Illinois. He said that that'd be one team that he would not be surprised to see them come out and put it together and go on a run in the tournament. Um, from your standpoint, you've seen you know teams that come into Springfield and play. Um, what's one of those teams that have, that have sort of been surprising at their talent level that you've seen from the opposition in the, in the league? Um, I've really liked, uh, you know, the, the little that I've seen, you know, through, through stories and that of, from Southern Illinois, you know, they've, uh, you know, kind of came out of nowhere this year and, and they've, uh, they've put together a nice run and, and I believe they finished, uh, fourth, season fourth in the tournament. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, they're they're a team that I think could uh, could get on a roll and get some things going if uh, if things get move in their direction this weekend. All right, my final question for you, I guess uh, you mentioned the the pitching challenge for the Bears, but uh, obviously if the pitchers make their pitches and they uh, uh, play good defense behind them, that, that's always a key. Um, what do you make of the Bears' defense uh, up from there? I know last year that was a huge huge factor. I, I talked to Gut, Keith, Coach Keith Gutton earlier in the year, and he mentioned that up the middle. You had the defensive player of the year in uh, Joey Hawkins. You had Tate Matheny in center field, and that was a real key on the run, the success they had last year. Anything you think that might be a key? Is it the defense? Is it the hitting once again? That could possibly be one of those underrated things that could propel Missouri State if they decide to go on a run here in the tournament? Well, their defense has been pretty solid all year and, and dependable. They've got uh, you know true freshman in center field, Hunter Steinmetz, and a true freshman shortstop and Jeremy Ironman. Um, 
and they've uh, you know, they've answered. They've started every game at those spots, and, and they've been pretty solid defensively. I think the whole thing, you know, I, I'm not sure whether I could see the Bears losing two and being done right away, and I could see them winning it. And you know, if I was a betting man, I don't, I don't, not sure I could pick uh, either direction where I'd expect to see. But I think it's it's all going to come down to the starting pitching. Um, you know, we got uh, Jake Fromson, Jordan Knutson. They're probably going to be their top two arms in the, in the first two games. And I think uh, if they can keep the game from going to the bullpen and keep the bullpen from getting run down, you know, and, and like you said, with the weather and who knows what's going to happen with the schedule, you know, I think that's going to be a key. That's going to say how – that's going to tell a tale of how, of how far they go here. Yeah, we – you bring up Jake Fromson there. We highlighted him in our last uh, NBC baseball first pitch with Shane Dennis and talked about – uh, his performance last time out when they the Bears faced Dallas Baptist, he uh, had a heck of a, uh, a performance there. So uh, maybe more to come from uh, from uh, some of their youngsters in the in the uh, rotation. So uh, we'll see how it pans out. Double elimination format is always uh, makes things interesting. You get a second chance to sort of keep uh, the season alive, and uh, it, it makes things all the more interesting because you never know how the uh, tournament plays out. So. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, especially with the pitching, like you know, like you said, you get uh, you're gonna get pretty far deep into into your uh, into your pitching staff, depending on how things play out. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jim, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you in Terre Haute for the tournament. All right, sounds good, Derek. Thank you.